Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today we have Anthony Knowles. Anthony is an international filmmaker, world traveler, and filmmaker, one of the filmmakers behind Passport Heavy, and has recently started his own business, his own film school, uh, all online. And, um, you know, but before we get into how he, where he got to today, kind of want to take it back to, you know, how you got into filmmaking and then eventually how you got into working with Passport Heavy, meeting Jabril, and starting your own business and how that led you to traveling all over the world. Cool. Yeah, so it's been, a, it's been a really long journey. It's actually kind of crazy how this has all kind of unfolded and how my life is now. Um, a lot of people think that I started video when I left school, and it's not true. I actually, my video life goes back about 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I first started when uh, basically I was 12, 13 years old. Um, I was getting into something called parkour and free running. Yeah. And back then, like, video is just not like it wasn't really around like not many people especially at the age of 13 like not many people were really doing it and so i started watching a lot of videos on youtube i started really getting into youtube at that age and uh i started <laughs> me and my brother it's actually kind of a funny story um we we're on youtube one day and he, he just typed in the word parker i don't know why and <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Because we're into Spider-Man and stuff. Yeah. And, okay. uh, yeah. And then we saw these videos of like parkour, like parkour and free running. Yeah. And parkour and free running, for anyone that doesn't know, is like, you know, where those guys that kind of jump around on roofs and like um, do lots of cool tricks. And mm-hmm. it's basically like a really, um, it's like an extreme sport. Um, and so me and my brother, being 12, 13 years old, we started going, we started really getting into it. So initially it was just a case of me and my brother doing backflips in our garden on our trampoline. And naturally when you're 13 years old and you're doing these tricks, you want to show your friends at school, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you want to show this person and that person. You want to show your mom. Uh, look what I can do, mom. And uh, so what I did was uh, I saved up, me and my brother actually saved up together and we got a little video camera. Mm-hmm. We had this little Kodak Thing. It filmed in like, I don't even think it filmed in 480p. I think it was 240p. Um, it was like super low quality little little thing. And um, it was just, yeah, it started out with me and my brother just filming each other doing flips and stuff. And then naturally I started editing a little bit um, on Windows Movie Maker. And so a lot of people are actually surprised when I say that I've been doing video for 10 years because I tell them my age. I tell them I'm 23. And then they put two and two together and they're like, wait, so you started making videos at 13? And I'm like, yeah, I did. And it's quite uncommon because a lot of guys will start, you know, they'll, they'll get to school, they'll get to high school, to college, and then they'll like get into video. But I've actually been doing this for like 10 years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously at that age, it, it was just, it wasn't really serious. It was just kind of playing around. And then after a few years, I started, you know, I got bigger and better cameras and I started going down. Because what happened was I started going to London a lot, like central London, where the big free running community was. Mm-hmm. And I met a lot of guys down there who today, by the way, a lot of those guys are like, you know, um, they're amazing athletes. Um, they're doing some amazing things. Um, but we started going down there and pretty much I was going there every weekend and yeah, making videos. You know, I was just there hanging out with my friends, filming these videos. And uh, yeah, I had years and years of footage built up. I was making videos from time to time. And then I, you know, I was getting through my teenage years, didn't really know what I wanted to do. But once I started enjoying um, this more, I was starting to think, oh, maybe, 
you know, I can um, utilize this skill I have in some way once I get older. But I just didn't mm -hmm. know exactly how or mm -hmm. anything like that. But, you know, I was 15, so, yeah. you know, and I had a lot more life experience. Were you getting paid at this point or was this free? No, this was all for free. Oh, okay, I, for I fun. Any money. And um, I think that's another thing I look back on and I'm like, wow, like, <laughs> It was, it was so pure back then because I, I yeah. wasn't getting paid for anything. Um, I was making no money, but I was happy, you know. I was doing it because I wanted to do it, not because I was getting something from it. it I was getting something from it, but it wasn't financial. It was, right. it was love and it was, it was, it was um, me expressing myself in that way. And mm -hmm. um, it was very satisfying. And so every, every moment I was, I was filming and it was a ma magical time, you know, I, I learned a lot. And I knew I could be great. I knew, like I had these visions in my mind mm -hmm. that I wanted to execute, but it was like, I was limited with my equipment as well. I had like one camera and like one lens. Okay. And I didn't even have a, any stabilizers back then. You know, back then there was no gimbals, there was no drones. Mm -hmm. um, and the, even the weighted stabilizers, they were around, but they were really expensive. Mm -hmm. And so the ability to actually execute the visions that you had in your head was less possible right? because the limitations in equipment. Um, nowadays, like you can get gimbals, you can get drones, like the movements you're thinking of, the transitions, everything, the resources are out there. Like back then there was nothing. There was no Skillshare. There was no um, YouTube. There was no like, you know, Sam Calder, like all things to like look at. There wasn't as much to inspire, I don't think. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what happened? I kept on making videos. And then I reached the age of about, so I left high school. Yeah. I went to like this creative school in London uh, for two years. Okay. Which, it was cool. I mean, I didn't really learn too much though. And, it, and guess, at, at, at this point, did you have a plan already or were you still kind of lost? Didn't know what you were doing? You know, you know, you know what was going on in your mind? Yeah, I, I, I still know I wanted to do something in film. I knew something in video was going to be for me. But, you know, at that age, there's so much going on in your mind and you, your brain's still developing. So, like, making solid decisions is, like, not an easy thing to do. Um, and then sometimes I'd want to do this and then a few months later I'd be, like, thinking something else. Mm -hmm. And even at one point I actually, um, I got an So, my mother was working at a nursery. Okay. And she, um, one of the children she looked after, her father was a VFX artist on some big movies like Godzilla, Harry Potter, stuff like that. Mm, he, was the awesome. he was the guy that got all the effects and all the you know, animations and put it into the scene, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a big, big deal. Um, and he worked at a company down in London called um, Double Negative Visual Effects. And I got uh, like an interview there. And in, like they offered me an internship if I could get better at like um, some programs like Maya and stuff like that. And I almost went down that route, but I figured that like, after a few months of actually working with Maya and stuff like this, it just wasn't for me. But, mm -hmm. you know, I was going through a lot of different stages. Maybe I wanted to work on a set as a cinematographer. Maybe I wanted to, as I said, go into VFX. Um, maybe I wanted to be a director. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I got to the end of this creative school thing. And I started thinking of the idea of going completely solo. Um, mm. and going on my own, making my own business, going out there and just making the videos because ultimately it got to a point where I was just thinking like, what do I truly want in, in this life? What do I truly want to do? 
And then mm. I looked back on my teenage years where I was just doing what I wanted. I was going out and making the videos that I wanted to make. Yeah. And being true to myself, my own creativity. And so that's what I did. You know, I left school. Um, I remember my mom asking me, first thing she asked me was like, you need to get a job because you've got no money and you're unemployed. <laughs> I was like 18 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I agreed with my mom. I was like, yeah, but like, I don't want to get a job. Like, I want to, this is what I want to do. Like, I just want to make videos and mm-hmm. follow my dreams. Like, you know, it sounds a bit cliche, but like, that's just what I wanted to do. That was my instinct. Did she agree? And what's that, sir? Did she agree? Um, so, so, not initially. Like, okay. the thing is, like, I, I, I understood this a bit later in life. Like, people want to see results. Okay. Like, when you say something, people don't really, like, believe it, I don't think. But when people start seeing, like, the results of what you're doing, that's when they're like, ah, okay. Like, and then they understand. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for me, it was just, like, I was looking back on my childhood and stuff and just like, man, like, when I was a kid, if I wanted to go climb on a tree or something, I'd just do it. I wouldn't even think about it. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I was at that stage, I was like, why, like, why do I need to do something that my school's telling me to do? You know, my school is telling me to go to university, to do this, to do that. And I was like, let me do what I want to do. You know, I was one of the only people in my class that didn't apply for university. Really? And I'm so glad I did. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I did. Because they were so, they were shoving it down our throats constantly. Like mm-hmm. constantly. And, you know, I don't, I don't think it was right. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's a university is another subject entirely, mm-hmm. but, you know, it just got to the point where I was like, yeah, let me do what I want to do and see what happens. So started making videos, um, a couple months down the line, started making some money, um, invested in more equipment. I, at that time I was very well equipped as well for my age. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, um, me and my friend, I was working with my friend as well. We applied for like this bursary. Uh, quite a large sum of money, about 10 grand. Uh, we right. got for our business idea. And um, we spent that on equipment. We invested in equipment. Um, and that really enabled us to step up our videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were very, very well equipped at that age. Uh, this was probably five years ago now. Okay. And yeah, but yeah, about five years ago. And we got um, back in, back then we had like an FS700, Sony FS700, big one. We had the DJI Ronin when they like first came out. So when gimbals first started coming on the scene, we had one. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as some other cameras, some lenses, a computer, stuff like that. That enabled us to really get into the higher paying jobs. Now, back then I was doing a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do. Um, like corporate work. So like, okay. I don't really enjoy doing like corporate work. I don't want to film people talking to a camera all day. No yeah. one really to do that. <laughs> um, I was doing it because the pay was good, um, you know, and the connections we were making were great. So we were filming a lot of videos in central London for a client out there, uh, like a corporate client. Mm-hmm. So we were doing a lot of stuff with them, um, different projects. And, um, you know, for the first time in my life, I was getting paid, you know, four figures for jobs, you know, four or five grand a job, mm-hmm. four or five grand a piece. And it was like, you know, money I'd never seen before in my bank account. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was like, wow, like, you know, um, and so, you know, started making a bit of money, but the work was a little inconsistent. Um, it would come and it would go. And when it would go, it would go for like three, four months, you know? Okay. Um, and I'd still enjoy doing what I'm doing, but 
it got to a point where, you know, I'm an adult now and I need to be able to sustain myself. And, um, you know, things got a little difficult, but, you know, we pushed through, kept going, kept making more videos. And, um, yeah, I mean, two years of that, I think two years of that, 60. Yeah, so I was working, doing that up until about late 2016. Okay, and what made you keep going? Like, what made, what fueled you to keep going, keep pushing? Well, the thing is, it's like, a lot of filmmakers talk about the snowball effect, okay. which is quite a prominent thing um, that I haven't really spoken about before, I don't think. Mm. Basically, most filmmakers or artists will hit a point where you'll be kind of struggling, 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 and then something will trigger your career to kind of go like this. Yeah. And usually it's meeting the right person or meeting the right client. And mm -hmm. what happens then is that person links up to two more people. Those two people link up to four more people. It's like a spider web. And what happened was I hit my break mm. about late 2016. So I knew I had the skill set. But the thing I didn't have back then, if I quickly backtrack, is more like a business mindset. Like my mm. brain was not optimized for business at that time. Okay. You know, I was very new, like I was still young, you know, my mind was still developing. My social skills were still developing. And so back then my, my misfall, my mishap or whatever, wasn't my skill. It was how I interacted with people, how I did business. Mm -hmm. And that's a skill I've learned and I'm better at now. So that was why I think I didn't have as much work back then. It wasn't because I wasn't good. It was because of my people skills. Okay. But Again, fast forward to uh, meeting Jabril. This was about late 2016. And I was at home. Have a good war. Yeah. I was, uh, I was at home one night. Um, I'm a bit nocturnal. So, I mean, my sleep pattern's pretty much all over the place on any given day. And uh, I was at home in my room. It was like four in the morning, scrolling through my computer uh, on Facebook. And I see an ad. Um, and it's Jabril, and he's in London at the time. He's looking for a filmmaker, right? Mm. He's like, talk to filmmakers. And then, so I look at the video, and I kind of scroll past it. I'm like, wait, something, something triggered me to look at it again, like double check. <laughs> um, and I was like, uh, and then, you know, it was a video, a cool, like, um, it was actually a pretty well-made video. It was like filmed on a gimbal and like really, you know, high quality imagery. And, uh, yeah, he was just, uh, he seemed like a cool guy. He was talking about, he was in London. He runs this travel team that travel the world and make videos. And he's in London looking for a filmmaker. And in the video, he was like, listen, if you're seeing this and you're a filmmaker and you think you've got what it takes, send me a video or some videos that you have made that you have mm -hmm. shot and edited yourself. And then like a couple minutes of you talking to the camera, explaining who you are and why you'd be a good fit. So I was like, you know what, let me go for this. Like this, this sounds great. Um, did I, I not, I didn't think I'd get it. Yeah. Um, I think back then, although I knew I had skill, I don't think I had the self-confidence mm. as much mm -hmm. as I do now. I don't think I, cause I didn't really have too many people saying to me, Oh, like your work's really amazing or anything like that. I didn't have much of a following mm -hmm. back then at all. And so I sent my stuff through, um, two days later, I get an email back. And literally the email just says, let's meet, nothing else. I'm oh. like, oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
And then uh, about a week later, I was up north at the time. I was in Liverpool um, okay. shooting some stuff up there. It was like 2 a.m. in the back of the car. See an email. He's like, let's meet. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, nice. And then the week after, I end up meeting him for the first time, Jabril, in uh, I think it was November the 22nd, 2016. Um, something like that. Met him in South London. Um, and then, yeah, we just met up for a chat, talking for about an hour and a half. Um, everything went well. You know, I went home. Again, didn't really hear much back until about a month later. And then he sent me some editing tasks to do. Mm -hmm. So he wanted me to like edit some footage together, see how I could actually edit on the fly. Yeah. So he sent me some footage and told me to put something together for him, like a minute long. Boom, 24 hours later, I edit it, send it off. And then he's like, oh, nice. And then he sends me one more task. I do that, send it off. And then he's like, all right, I'll let you know. Another month goes by. I'm emailing him like, yo, <laughs> you know what the deal is? And then he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just running through some more things. I promise I'll get back to you soon. And then about a week after that, he's like, yo, I want you to be part of the team. Um, I want to fly you out to this place. At first, it was meant to be Panama. Okay. Like, um, and then it was, uh, he was saying we were going to go to South Africa. And then after that, it ended up being Thailand. Nice. And a lot of people think I like, wanted to basically a lot of people think I, I wanted to travel initially and I was mm -hmm. so passionate about traveling so I just went but that wasn't actually the case traveling came to me um I had no <laughs> desire to travel actually funnily enough I had no desire for it really uh, yeah interestingly enough I had no desire to um and I think it was because I was in my bubble and I didn't know I just didn't know what I didn't know so I didn't like it wasn't anything that I'd experienced mm -hmm. so I had no experience in it um, so yeah, flew out to Bangkok, January the 22nd, 2016, 2017, sorry, uh, early 2017 and, uh, stayed out there for a few months and, uh, it was hard initially because it was this new place. Everything looked different. The people mm -hmm. looked different. The food tastes different. The weather's different. Mm -hmm. And I was so culture shocked, you know, all these yeah. things were at once. So I was this 20 year old boy, like you know, seeing like all these stimulating things were hitting me at once, you know, the sights, the smells, the sounds, and, you know, the, the, the weather, the temperature, everything around me was so stimulating and 20 years old being thrown into this new environment away you, from my family. Had you left London or uh, the UK at this point? Pretty much, yeah, because um, I was on a three-month contract with Passport Heavy. No, I meant like uh, before that, had you, had you traveled outside Europe? Uh, um, no, not really. Um, mm. I, I traveled a, a bit abroad um, when I was a kid. Okay, but uh, recently. I went, to the, I went to Florida once when I was like 12. I went to France a few times and I went to Spain. Okay. That was it. I, but like when you go to Asia, it's like a different planet. You know, it's like yeah. Europe's one thing, mm -hmm. America's one thing, but it's almost kind of similar to the UK in a way. Like yeah. in a way, it's kind of similar. But when you go into the middle of Southeast Asia, it's like polar opposite of the Western world. It's mm -hmm. completely different. And so, you know, being thrown into that environment was, was crazy. Um, you know, but I was there for three, I was on a three month contract, but then we ended up staying out there longer. I think we, we got along really well and everything was going great. So, you know, I was in Thailand for most of that year. Um, and then before I left, I, um, I met a girl out there, as you do. You know, <laughs> 
love. And, uh, and then I was, I was in Bali for a few months. Um, and by the way, while I was in Thailand and I was in Bali, I was still traveling around. So I was going to a lot of different countries. Okay. Um, but I decided at the end of that year to actually move to Thailand. So I ended oh, up wow. living in Thailand on and off for about two years. So, um, so you went from not one from it being really hard I and mean, not kind of wanting to be there to the, not wanting to leave yeah. Thailand, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and exactly. ended up with a girl. <laughs> yeah, I ended up with a girl. Like, um, and yeah, it was, like it was just it was the change from being in a Western country like London and having to adapt into yeah. a country like Thailand. You know, mm-hmm. it was for a twenty-year-old boy who'd never lived outside of London. It was difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it was amazing, but it was difficult because. I think the thought in my mind was like, it's really nice out here, but it would be nice to get back home. Mm. Um, after a while, I started, that thought started to die away. And now I'm like, I, only, I don't really feel the desire to come back to London too much. Um, mm-hmm. Only for certain things, yeah. but not for enjoyment or pleasure or anything like that, really. Yeah. Um, but only in small doses. So, you know, I ended up spending a lot more time in Thailand and started learning the culture more the language and you know that in itself will make you feel so much more a part of a place and um you know obviously met met a girl up there fell in love um all that stuff and then 2018 i was pretty much there most of the time but traveling as well Mm -hmm. and um yeah it was was crazy i mean Gibraltar changed my life and not just um in from a traveling perspective and like taking me out to countries and giving me all these experiences Mm -hmm. but also his wisdom and his knowledge as well he's been just an amazing mentor yeah. And he's opened so many doors for me. Um, it's, you know, I couldn't even put a number on it. Like the amount of people he introduces me to um, and the amount of business connections I've been able to make through him. Mm-hmm. It's, been, um, it's been amazing. So he's been pretty much, he was the pivoting point for my career. And now I'm on this new path now because, you know, initially it was just this travel filmmaking, like just mm-hmm. that. And I was doing that for a long time. But, you know, since like late last year, I turned 23 like late last year. And I don't know why, but like time's been going so fast for me. And I'm just like, and being around all these people that are working online now. Mm-hmm. Like, because back, back when I was, you know, before I started traveling, I didn't even know this online working stuff existed. I thought it was all a scam. I thought <laughs> it was that thing you see when, like online, like you're like downloading movies or something. You see a little ad on the side, like make money from home, mm-hmm. like quit your job. Or something like that. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. thought I related it to that. Yeah, okay. And so I didn't believe it was real until I was around people that were actually, mm-hmm. you know, working online, making money. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, these guys aren't going home. This <laughs> is their lifestyle. And, you know, I was, yeah. it was, it was mind blowing. When, when, when did it, when, when did it hit you that you were, you know, kind of living the, the one of some, a lot of people's uh, filmmaking dreams, you know, traveling the world, shooting at these exotic places, you know, high quality videos, you know, with awesome people. When did that hit you? Hit it hit you? I think it took a while to really sink in mm-hmm. what I was doing. Initially, it was just such a shock to the system. Yeah. But I think, you know, while I was um, spending time in Thailand, I got a chance to really reflect on what was happening, who I was with, and start really, yeah, really realizing what kind of thing I was a part of. I was, I was part of something really special and unusual mm-hmm. because it's that shit's rare today, let alone back then. It's become <laughs> a lot more popular 
yeah become a lot more popular but you know back then no one was doing this stuff you know no one was really you know traveling around the world with the team and making these videos and, and back then as well not anymore but back then like we're all living in one house mm-hmm. as a team. we're all living in this big place and in thailand and it was different but yeah back then it was it was very rare it was very unusual to have an opportunity like that and so i did feel blessed i felt very grateful mm-hmm. um for all, the, for all the opportunities but you know over time it, it it went from the filmmaking and it still is about the filmmaking and the, and the traveling and all the other stuff but over this time i started to get more and more questions from people of like because my skills started to get better and then people are like how do you do this how do you do that mm-hmm. and so i know that now being around these online people i want to do some online stuff too right and i thought what better way to do that than to leverage my skill in mm-hmm. an online world and so i'm getting to the point now where i want to give back to people i want to show people how to actually do it because you see a lot of amazing filmmakers out there there's so many but a lot of these guys are just not telling people how to make, how to do it, how mm-hmm. to make it. Um, they don't tell anyone their secrets, you know? And that's the thing with me is I, I always want to share, you know, how I do things. I, I want to share my knowledge with the world. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep it in here. You know, what use is it with just me? You know, if I, if I can help, you know, one, two, three, four, five more people, right. then that's just going to make me feel a lot better about, you know, the skills that I can share with the world. So um, that's the next mission. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing the filmmaking, but next is about giving back to the people and showing people how to do it themselves, which is why I'm launching this new online school, mm-hmm. uh, which is very close to being launched. Um, and I've been working on this for like six months. Right. You know, I've been working on this shit since like September now. So. Yeah. I remember in Mexico City talking about how you were going to go back to the UK and just focus for the next, you even disappeared from the face of, you know, the social media of the world <laughs> and just started yeah, working. I rem- yeah, I removed social media and, um, you know, things, things started really happening once that was done. And uh, yeah, I got it done. And uh, even like, I think in a week, I might actually like, like turn my phone off for like a, a week. Um, I was thinking of just doing that. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I my phone off for a week, no internet, just mm-hmm. editing and writing and reading books or something. Um, right. just kind of detach myself from, uh, the dopamine because mm-hmm. that was, that was the reason why I turned off social media. The dopamine. Uh, the reason, yeah, it was dopamine. Um, and for anyone that doesn't understand, we as people are very used to getting quick hits of dopamine through easy tasks. Mm-hmm. These easy tasks may be something like picking up your phone and going through Instagram, getting a can of beer and drinking it, um, eating bad food, um, going on dates, um, you know, porn, uh, masturbation, all of these things are easy ways for quick dopamine hits. And so the more quick dopamine hits you get, the less likely you are to do the more long arduous tasks that actually have long-term benefits because they, they give you dopamine too, but it takes a lot longer to get that dopamine because they're very long and mundane. Mm. But ultimately, they're going to provide you with more benefit than the short-term ones, like drinking, eating bad food, mm. um, you know, having too much sex, watching porn, whatever it is. These things give you small dopamine hits. And what I figured was that I was too used to these small 
dopamine hits, going through Instagram, mm -hmm. drinking, these kind of things. So why did I cut everything out? You know, I cut out the alcohol. I cut out the scrolling through Instagram. You know, I cut out the porn, all that shit, and started focusing on the more long, arduous tasks that were actually going to benefit me in the long run. So, for example, editing, um, journaling every day, mm -hmm. uh, reading books, um, fitness, diet, all of these things. You know, I was being disciplined about it and they're really benefiting my life. Right. I was getting way more work done. I was journaling. I was eating better. So I felt amazing. I cut out like all sugar, all carbs mm -hmm. and just eat meat. And I feel great. Um, you know, cut out most alcohol. I drink occasionally, you know, maybe once every two weeks or something, mm -hmm. um, you know, but just cutting these things down so that I was getting more reward from actually doing tasks, the, the long arduous tasks than doing the little things that gave me quick uh, gratification. Yeah. So how'd you realize was, this? You know, how'd you come to your, Hey, like I need to change some things about myself. You know, is it, was it because you wanted to focus on filmmaking or was it just one day you realized, Hey, this stuff isn't so good. You know, as a person, I need to become better. You know, how, what, what happened? Yeah, so I've always been quite self-critical. And even okay. though things aren't bad, weren't bad, mm -hmm. they weren't, like, I knew I was operating under my true potential. Mm -hmm. I wasn't operating at 100%. I was operating right. 10% of why, like, my potential was, like, so much higher. And I think that's the same for most people. Probably even, even now I'm not operating at my full potential. Most people aren't, mm -hmm. you know. And so what happened was I was in Vietnam at the time uh, last year. I turned 23, had, a, had my birthday and everything. But I realized that time was going by so fast. Like, mm -hmm. I, I remember, like, being literally just turned 20 years old and coming out to Bangkok, and then all this shit happened, life happened, and I'm 23 now. I'm still doing the filmmaking, but I haven't got any, like, foundations. Like, I haven't got, like, a big business that's, like, you know, mm -hmm. working for me. You, right. you know what I mean? And I've always been drawn to business, being a business guy and running, like, an enterprise and so i realized that you know no one's going to be giving that to me on a plate you know people like jabril they give me great opportunities but they're not gonna no one can give it to you like mm -hmm. you really have to put in the work and so what what happened was i was getting quite distracted in vietnam i'm not gonna lie a lot of partying a lot of girls a lot of dating mm -hmm. you know yeah a lot of crazy stuff in vietnam and so and i wasn't really getting anything done and my physique was starting to suffer i wasn't feeling as good like mm -hmm. you know I was, I was you know like i just wasn't in the right shape like physically and uh so what i decided to do was i actually ended up deciding to leave vietnam even though i had my rent still running until march they actually just ended like my rent <laughs> right now <laughs> came back to london because i know in london there's like no distractions for me in yeah. london i don't date i don't date women in london I don't, um, I don't party here. I don't go out really mm -hmm. like very, very rarely, maybe like once a year in London. Um, yeah, there's, you know, I'm, I'm in a outskirts of London. There's not much going on here. I can focus, you know, I can right. really focus on London. So I came back and started putting this course together. I weighed out in my mind to make a course, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I turned 23 and I was like, why am I still waiting? It's all in my mind. Why am I still waiting to do this? I need to take action. And so, mm -hmm started doing that and then you know that started kind of you know getting done at a pretty good rate 
And then with the dopamine thing, I was listening to a podcast of a guy basically talking about it and it kind of resided with me. It made sense. And so that's why I kind of tried adapting it in, in, in my life and cutting out the unnecessary things in order to focus on the more important um, things. And it just worked for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It really worked for me. And so I can deal with having a few little things like Instagram and stuff, but when I'm really, really trying to make it happen, I, I make sure to cut those things out um, in order to you know, actually become a, a little more productive. Mm-hmm. And then you know, on top of that as well, um, once I came home, you know, I don't really drink much in London either. Um, drink okay. a lot more than I'm in Asia. I basically stopped drinking for a while, hit the gym, and started eating better. And as I said, recently I've been on the full keto diet, and I I feel amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I really feel good. And you know, even despite what's going on at the moment, you know, with Corona and all this stuff, yeah. I'm still still getting out there, still training, still keeping in the best shape I can, mm-hmm. despite the circumstances. I don't have a gym, but I have some dumbbells in my garden. I have some weights. I can still, you know, stay in shape. So. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. What would, would you recommend to someone that, you know, that struggles to get, you know, get these things in order, you know, like working out, uh, being disciplined, you know, what's something that you applied to, that helped you become so disciplined, you know? I think that's the hardest part. Everyone wants to do this, but how did they start? Like, you know, what would you recommend? You know, it's something that you learned on the road or when you were younger, how, how did that? I think, yeah, I mean like, or like what's like the first step, you know, the like kind of like give me like the one, two, one, two, three step they need to do to like start or, you know, get going on this. I think visualize what you want, mm-hmm. where you want to be. Figure out why as well. Like, why do you want to, like, if you want an amazing body and a six pack or whatever, why do you want that? Get re- really tap into why you want to be in shape. And then when you start getting on the journey to that goal, that desire, don't forget the reason why you started. Mm-hmm. Um, don't lose, like, you know, even at the moment, you know, I've been having a lot of dreams of like food and shit, like, because I'm, I'm on a diet, right? So it's like I've been dreaming of food like a lot. Wow. And then sometimes I have the temptation to just go fucking eat a cake or some shit. But in, <laughs> in the back of my mind, I'm like, I think back to the, 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 the thought process I had when I started. So when the very first day I started, I was like, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to get lean. I'm not going to pig out. I'm not going to falter. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to mm. keep going. So I go back to that mental place. The exact mental place I was at back then when I started. And I remember the same reason why I started. And I remember that if I do that, if I fuck up now, I've just wasted all these two weeks, right. you know, doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just a small part of it. That's just diet. When it comes to, you know, exercise, the thing is with me that's made it a lot easier is that I've been, my parents always pushed me very hard as a kid. I, I've always been very into sports. Um, you know, when I was, for, for as young as I can remember, I've been doing sports. I was doing football. I was playing, uh, call it soccer in the United States, <laughs> playing football in the UK. And uh, I, was, I was actually a really good swimmer when I was younger. So I, I got really into swimming uh, when I was uh, about 10, 11. I probably could have taken it a lot further, actually, start competing like nationally. But I, I, um, I quit too early, I think. I think I peaked too early. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was really good at swimming. And so... You know, I was doing a bunch of other stuff. I was doing judo. Um, I was doing a bunch of other stuff. I was very physical as a kid, and that transcended into my adult life too. I started working out when I was 15. Me and my mm-hmm. brother bought some weights, started doing bench press and shit. 
15. I want to look cool. I've always wanted to look good. Yeah. I've always wanted to look like Action Man. Do you know what I mean? You know, mm. as a kid, I had the Action Man, so I always wanted to look like that guy, you know? Um, so I've always had a desire to have a good physique and a good health and stuff like that. And mm. uh, it's, I enjoy it, you know? Ultimately, I enjoy exercise. I, I, I love pushing my body. And if I, don't, if I don't exercise, I don't feel right. Like, it, I, I just don't feel right. Um, mm-hmm. that's just the way it is and so it's, it's always been a part of my life but I'd say for people that are just trying to get into it and like they can't commit find something you enjoy doing you know whatever it is you know it could be martial arts I've started getting into martial arts a lot recently you know mm-hmm. Muay Thai Jiu Jitsu but yeah find something you enjoy to do um, find a reason to do it like and then also like why do you like really tap into why you want to why you want to you know what you want like so if you want a good physique why do you want to do that why do you want a good physique i really tap into that i think and uh yeah awesome um so before we get to the final two questions i have two questions um you know where where can people find you if they want to reach out to you they want to see your content you know want to say hey do you want to uh follow your um business page online film school as well they want to learn about film you know, where can cool. Find you? Yeah. So, so I got two Instagram pages. Um, one, my main one is uh, Ant underscore Creative. That's my personal page. So a lot of it is film stuff, but a lot of it's like personal stuff as well. I kind of post everything on there. Mm-hmm. And then if for just film re- filmmaking stuff, filmmaking related stuff, if you want to learn filmmaking, you want to know how I actually do this stuff, it's at the online film school. So that's why I post all my educational uh, content when it comes to you know. How do I film? How do I edit? How do I plan shoots? All of this stuff I'm starting to teach on the online film school. I'm uploading regular tutorial videos to there. Yeah, they're snipped down, but you know, they'll give you little tips and tricks. And soon there'll be a full course coming out very soon on a website and everything. So it's up and coming and um, is very high value. So watch mm-hmm. out for that as well. Okay. So, so, so the first question is, um, is what's the number one like thing, skill that you've had to master you realize that you need to be good at if you want to be you know want to be a good entrepreneur filmmaker you know go you know do the filmmaking thing abroad like what is the number one skill that you've had to learn to do, to be able to do that so this is something i've spoken about a few times and uh, i actually wrote an ebook a few years ago about this mm-hmm. and i really did emphasize this and talk about this in depth filmmaking is more i think so Making, making it in this world, making it in filmmaking, I believe, is more about how you interact with individuals than it is your skill. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people will say the opposite. A lot of people will say, oh, it's all about being the best and like standing up. You, you know, I don't care how good your work is. If you don't know the right people, if you don't mingle with the right individuals, you don't connect with the right people, you're not going anywhere. You're really not. Um, I know, like, I've seen people that are like, below average in terms of their technical skill of filmmaking, mm-hmm. but they're killing it because they've made the right connections. You know, they're not the best in the world, but they've made the right connections. Mm-hmm. And so it's not all about being the best. I, I, I do stress that it is important to improve your skill, get to a good level, but you don't need to be like the craziest best out there to get amazing opportunities, like the best opportunities. You just don't. Mm-hmm. It helps. But the biggest thing I think is social skills, networking, how you interact with others. I think that, I think in life, that's the most important thing. I really do. 
Is there something that you would recommend, like a book or something that you know, for, to get, or how how do you gain these social skills just by doing them, or, or is there or a place where you can start? Yeah, I mean, just being like, it it, it starts early, you know. It starts early. Like, mm-hmm. when you need to be a full blown adult or a filmmaker to improve your social skills, just talk to people. Okay. Like, be sociable. Um, right. um, you know, talk to women, talk to men, talk to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. get yourself out there. Um, at events, be the guy to say hello to everyone. Remember people's names. You know, I'd recommend. You know, if you haven't read it, a lot of people have read this. You know, it's there's a book by Dale Carnegie called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. A mm. lot of people know that book. It's a very popular book. Right. Um, one of the, I think it's one of the top sellers selling books ever. One of them probably. Um, but yeah, if you haven't read that, that's a great book to start on. If you're trying to um, improve your networks and mm-hmm. trying to get better socially because in that book it says that literally like business and in life like your social skills are one of the most important things and mm-hmm. uh, it's what's actually going to get you opportunities like i honestly believe okay so for an example to help you visualize it you've got two filmmakers one of them is more skilled than the other mm-hmm. but you have a client and the client knows the one knows um he knows both of them, but he knows the one that's less skilled better than he knows the one that's more skilled. Like mm-hmm. he's close friends with the one that's not so good. He's going to pick the one that's not so good. Believe it or not. Yeah. Believe it or not. A lot of people won't think that, but it's actually true. Like people like going with the people they know. They like familiar faces, really. Mm-hmm. Like they don't like working with strangers as much as people they know. Like what they'll say is like, you know, you ask someone, oh, like um, I'm looking for a video guy. They'll be like, oh, I know a guy. And they'll just go to the guy they know the closest. They won't go to the best person they know for the job. They usually go with the familiar face. And yeah. that's just human psychology. So remember that. And um, the more familiar you become with people's faces, the, the, the more they'll think about you. Um, mm-hmm. And so making yourself familiar, putting yourself out there is, is, is important. Um, so, yeah. I love it. And I think this goes for any business kind of in general, like, you know, anything you really want to do, just being more social, being out there, you know, being likable goes a long way. Yeah. And that's the, yeah. And as to the, the final question, you know, what, what's your, your happiest memory you had, you know, in the past three years that you've been traveling and filmmaking, you know, the ultimate top of the top happiest me- memory you have. Oh man. I have to think about that one. There's been so many amazing memories, dude. I can barely even like, like it's been so mad. Like, do you know what's crazy about filmmaking? I will get to the question, by the way. Do you know what's so crazy about filmmaking? Like, there's so many amazing things you see, right? Like, I've seen some amazing things, experienced some amazing things, but I can never truly express the emotions, the feelings, the sensations I have when I'm actually there. Visuals Mm -hmm. can only it can get you close, but it can never really get you right there, you know? And yeah. that's, that's why I love filmmaking. I'm, the closer I can get to um, helping someone express the same feelings and sensations I had in that moment is ultimately why I do this. You know, helping them express that in the most vivid way possible, mm-hmm. which is why sound design, visuals, all these different things, all these different little elements, they help you, they help to draw people into that moment. To answer your question though, um, uh, for me, honestly, I think the most satisfying moments for me is when I'm in the editing suite and 
I make something like I make something really good that I that I like mm. that I really like and I hit that moment two nights ago oh wow so, which I'm about to drop something tonight which is something I'm really happy with it's very rare that I'm this happy with something I make it's yeah. been about two years since I've been happy, this happy with it so I'm like I'll make an edit I do all this crazy shit and it comes out the way I want it and I was like wow okay I'm really happy about it and for me, that's the most satisfying thing is when I make something that I truly love um, and I've put the work in. I've put the work in. Um, obviously, over my travels, you know, I'd say probably one of the most amazing um, things I've seen is uh, when I was in Bali, um, Nusa Penida. Mm-hmm. And I was with my girlfriend at the time and I was at um, this place called Kelling King Beach. Probably one of the most stunning views I've seen in, in my entire life. Um, nothing quite comes close to mm-hmm. an amazing view, like just an amazing view. Um, is spectacular, and it makes you just appreciate the beauty of of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, because most of the time I'm, you know, in the concrete jungle. I'm in, you know, my house. Or, it's not much visually. It's not much for my senses to look around my house and look at the walls and door mm-hmm. and you know go out to the street as like houses and shit and cars. So when I go to an amazing place like Noosa it's just such an orgasmic sensation for my senses you know it's just beautiful blue skies white sand on the beach i've got this crazy perspective of like the the rock below and like i'm so high up and it's it's just an amazing thing to look at actually in the flesh mm-hmm. so yeah i love it i can actually have one last question just the last sure. one i promise <laughs> what, what are you most proud of most proud of Oh shit, dude! My computer's about to die. I actually know it's good. <laughs> so no, I've got eleven percent. We're good. I thought it was on five percent. What yeah. am I most proud of? What am I most proud of? Work-wise, like film-wise, in, in general, in your life that you've accomplished. I'm most proud of making it out, despite hardship you know making it out through this crazy hardship you know i haven't had the easiest life but mm-hmm. like i'm proud of where i used to be and where i'm at now the 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 progress i'm very i'm uh, i'm proud of myself for the progress you know i've come from some really really dark moments some dark times mm-hmm. uh, some rough 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 moments some rough times you know and i'm like to be where i am now it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. The person I was five years ago is very different from the person I am now. Yeah. And it's through life experience. There's, I've had some crazy things happen to me, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't let it define me. But I, I do internalize it, but I internalize it in a way that motivates me, that pushes me mm-hmm. um, greater things. Because ultimately, that's all I want. I want greatness. I don't want things to pull me back and pull me down. And those things can pull you down. And they did initially. They did initially. I got into a, a bad lifestyle, but now I'm on much better um, turf. So I'm really happy of where I've progressed, where I've come, and the work I've produced as well. I'm proud of you know what I've managed to accomplish, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for the future, dude. Really excited. I'm, I'm, I love it, man. I'm, I'm really proud of you too, man. I'm happy that that you're on the right path and 
doing big things, um, you know, and that, and that you feel good and that you're happy, man. I really, really am. I appreciate and, it. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I and I and appreciate you hopping on the, the podcast. It was no really, worries, really good. man. Hey, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Mm-hmm. I really like uh, doing these kind of things. And uh, hey, dude, we need to link up soon for sure. Mexico definitely needs to be out there soon for sure. That for sure. When all this goes away, yeah, cool. Definitely. All right, man. Thanks again, man. Peace, man. I appreciate it. Take care. You too. Thanks.